traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. In the squadron, they called him Bullets. But we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. Now, what's the situation with the cocaine? I need to know what's going on with that cocaine. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny. There's like not that much cocaine. There are probably pounds of it right now in this neighborhood I'm sitting in. Pounds of it. Uh, so many drugs all over the place. Drugs have been essentially legalized, uh, especially pot. Uh, but the cocaine, I am curious, and, uh, oh, everyone's saying it's Hunter, right? Everyone says it's Hunter. It's got to be Hunter's cocaine. There's a great big fat elephant in the room that I'm going to have to point out. Again, whose cocaine could that have been just possibly, maybe, theoretically, whose? <laughs> I mean... It would explain a lot, wouldn't it? Her crazy behavior? She's on something. I was going to start prosecuting parents for truancy. (laughs) All right. I don't know. I mean, from what I'm told, people who really know drugs, uh, she's more of a pill person than a cocaine person. And oh, by the way, if she's either, I want her to get help. I want everybody to kick that stuff. That's It's horrible, and I, I mean that. I mean that. I, Kamala, I, I'm pretty sure she's either drinking or on pills. Somebody told me who's pretty close to that situation down there that she's popping pills, and a lot of people are. It's a national epidemic. It's a real problem. And um, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but that's not a cocaine laugh. Or is it a cocaine laugh? Look, um, it's probably Hunter's. She's on drugs, too. I want them both to get help. I also want to find out what Jill Biden thinks of all this. Jill, the other night, she seemed so annoyed, so annoyed with Hunter and Joe and the crazy fireworks. Did you? (laughs) There's something going on there. Uh, More. Let's talk about that in a little bit. In the meantime, just handed this stuff about what is Eric Adams? No, his supporters. Some of his supporters have been indicted. Let me go through this. City and state. Six supporters of Eric Adams. His mayoral campaign were indicted in Manhattan today, accused of running a straw donor scheme meant to win influence in City Hall. Adams himself and his campaign were not implicated in the scheme, and the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg does not allege that Adams knew about it. Really? The 27-count indictment lays out a case that the defendants collectively paid 29 separate straw donors to give Adams' campaign uh, give to Adams's campaign between August of 2020 and September of 2021. The straw donors were not named in the indictment, but one of them was said to be a Democrat district leader in Manhattan. Wasn't immediately clear who. Let's see here. All right. Uh, yeah. James Flippin just walked in. He's been following this stuff. Uh, James, what's the deal here? Is, uh, is, I, I know Adams is in trouble. I'll get to that fake picture he's been walking around with for a long time, but, 
Uh, How about that picture? What do you think of that? Uh, what a scam. Everything about him. I told you guys a long time ago that this guy was a total fraud, but uh, what's going on with this thing? Well, I mean, look, it, it's according to Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, just to kind of take the wind out of your sails a little bit there, this doesn't implicate Mayor Adams or right. any city employees. He could be an unindicted co-conspirator. I asked if that term is out there regarding Adams. I don't think I've officially seen that linked to him as of yet. But, uh, yeah, it looks like a former cop, uh, former NYPD inspector Dwayne Montgomery, that's who they're accusing of leading the whole thing. And he's a. I thought this was kind of amusing. Again, everything's alleged yeah. at this point. But Dwayne Montgomery, the director of integrity, for the Teamsters Local 237. Oh, and out of the goodness of his heart and the, all that integrity, just wanted to give all this money to Eric Adams. Exactly. Eric, but Eric Adams is innocent. No, no, no. Bad. bad. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for that. What do you think about the cocaine at the White House? Well, uh, it's pretty baffling that they are of the you know public per uh, position that they can't find out who brought in this coke right i mean i'm sure there's all kinds of surveillance cameras there closed circuit tv it's very highly secure well the building when is the last time uh, the biden administration has not been straight with the american people right this guy cannot tell the truth i you've seen those lies that he told back in 1987 where he's like you know i, I got three degrees i went to this law school uh, top of my class remember that mm-hmm. did you ever see that mm-hmm and everything's a lie. Mm. That's not embellishment. That's total psychosis. That is total nut job crazy. A man standing there telling him, telling everybody, I got a high IQ because I have three degrees from college when he barely had one. That's psychotic. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, here's Joe uh, denying or I think here he is kind of getting mad about the whole cocaine situation. Cut one. All right, he's smiling at but he's that mean smile. Mean smile. He hates everybody. All right, he's he's exposing right, his teeth. Uh, you can see there that the exposing his teeth like uh, like a like an animal, but he's not smiling with his eyes. That means he's angry. He's a ruthless guy, uh, very ruthless and mean. Um, by the way, Eric Adams. You want to hear some uh, crime fighting tips from Eric Adams? Well, these are great. A listener sent these to me yesterday, okay? Uh, you know, Eric Adams, he ran on this whole idea that, you know, I, 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 I know where the crime is, remember, right? I, he's going to fight crime. Well, here he is talking about how to fight crime, okay? It's, uh, let's go through this. Uh, first of all, this is from, like, 2014. He's a state senator at the time, okay? Um, and he says, well, I'm a crime fighter. I'm a hero. Just ask me. Cut 15. I carry around a picture of Robert Venable, my close friend that was shot uh, several years ago uh, when during my early days of policing. And I always have Robert's picture. Uh, the pain never dissipates. Oh, you phony baloney guy. Totally phony baloney. We know now, though, that uh, that picture was put in his wallet the day before. And his aides actually, this is the New York Times reported that the aides went out of their way to put coffee on it to make it look old. Right? Yeah, basically, I mean, what the story is from the New York Times that there was some statement made by Adams that, you know, due to the connection to this officer, they were friends, keeps around the photo in his wallet to kind of, you know, keep that memory alive. And then I guess some outlet, maybe it was the Times, wanted to see it and they wanted to take a photo of it potentially to, you know, accompany their news story about it. And that's where allegedly it was recreated in that fashion. Busted. Totally busted. He got busted. And then he's proudly holding up that picture. We all know what a picture 
If this was a picture from 1990, it would be the picture. Wouldn't it be a photocopy? It's a photocopy they made to look old. Now, I understand the family is now siding with Eric Adams. I feel like, look, they're talking about their... They did not know about Eric Adams in this thing, that he had the picture. They had no idea. Only met him, like, last year. Met him for the first time. I mean, if you were really that close to that guy, I think you'd be looking out for the widow and the children, right? He is a bad guy. But he says he's a hero. Now, this is the thing I was talking about originally, all right? Listen to this. This is State Senator. He's State Senator Nobody, but he wants to be a somebody. Cut 16, please. Hi, I'm New York State Senator Eric Adams. And for 22 years, I wore a bulletproof vest and stood on the street corners and protected children and families in the city of New York. Oh, boy. Okay. I mean, my father would never speak like this. You know what I mean? It's also we. The NYPD, it's we. You're not not doing this by yourself. So then he has this ludicrous tutorial on how to search a child's room for contraband. All right? It's, 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 I thought it was like a spoof, like a thing they made for Halloween or something or Christmas, the Christmas party, but it's real. And they put the cheesiest music in the background. Cut 17. I will show you how to search a room to ensure that you remove illegal handguns and other contraband from your home. What I would like to show here is to empower parents on how to search a room inside their home. It's imperative that you should know what's inside your household. Wow, is that funny or what? <laughs> I don't get the music. Well, I don't understand. That's uh, but they, they, they keep the music up. And we now, spliced that in, right? No, 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 no. The music isn't the original. And um, <laughs> yeah, he's only he states senator nobody. All right, so right. the production value, it's doing it in his own apartment. Oh, okay. And it's all his stuff, so it's weird. He's trying to pretend it's a kid's room. Uh, cut eighteen. And no one can state that you can't search a room in your own home. You write the constitution. There are no First Amendment rights inside your household. Oh, this is the one little thing I got him on. Uh, He's talking about the Fourth Amendment, not the First Amendment. All right. Uh, Next clip, please. So if you come to a room like this, you can start out. I always recommend to start out in a periodic fashion so you'll be used to going through the room to look at um, the various items in the room. You can look in the jewelry box, a jewelry box of this nature, maybe a simple jewelry box. But if you look through it closely, you don't know what your child may be hiding. For instance... A gun could be hidden. A small caliber weapon could be hidden inside a jewelry box. Look at the ver- various colognes and perfumes and photos and pinches. <laughs> I got to look. You, everybody, all parents out there, always look through your, your, your children's jewelry boxes and cologne and pictures and perfume because you never know what might be in there. A gun. <laughs> Takes a gun out of the jewelry box. It gets worse. It's like totally comical, but the thing is he's not laughing and he's actually – this is the crime-fighting expertise he brought with him. To City Hall. This, this is this is uh, next clip. Please. You should always, when your child brings in his popular knapsack with many different locations, look through it to see what exactly is your child carrying. In addition to a book, something simple as a crack pipe, a used crack pipe. Could he have found it on the street? That's quite possible. But this is a a discussion piece where you should start speaking with him to find out what is he doing with it. What will we do without government to tell us how to talk to our kids and look for the crack pipe in the backpack? That's always a big concern. I, you know. I mean, what is coming across is sheer ignorance, cluelessness, and, and in a weird way, I'm going to say corruption. Because he's getting a paycheck, a government paycheck for putting out this crap, this meaningless nonsense. And what does it do? It furthers his 
His brain, his ambition. I mean, this is the kind of thing, if it went viral, you gotta resign. Or you can't go back out in public after something like this. Alright, I think there's one more. Go ahead. Look at picture frames behind them. Cameras. Try to determine what's, what's taking place. Behind a picture frame, you can find bullets. What does that mean to find bullets? Does it mean your child is, is carrying a gun? No. Where there's smoke, there's possible fire. Where there's a bullet, there's possibly a gun. You should engage and find out what are they doing doing with the item. Oh, wow. What the item, which is a bullet, which is behind the picture frame. Hey, he did say one thing, though. Where there's smoke, there's possible fire. I think he said something to that effect. All right. So there's smoke about this uh, this straw donor scheme. Hey, can I can I be honest? I don't whenever anybody says the word straw man or straw donor, I don't quite know exactly what that means. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me what that means? Yeah, I mean, I had to look it up myself because, you know, doing the newscast just now, I felt the need. I don't like to use terms either that I feel like the average person's going to be like, what are you talking well, I about? Think th- this is the thing, though. I think the average person does know. <laughs> I think the You pl- might be right. I, that, but I've, it's always one of those terms. Like, I know it's bad. I know what it is. I think it's basically somebody who exists in theory or or you have them, you're doing something on their behalf unbeknownst to them. Right. Is that it? Well, it's like this. So let's say you, Greg Kelly, are going to make a donation to a political campaign, right? John Katzimatidis is running for mayor. You're going to make some donation to his campaign. Well, uh, he's not going to need any donations, you know. He, no. he funds himself. That I, guy is a, you know, that's a great thing. And you know what? I actually like billionaires in politics. Yeah, for that reason. You know what I mean? Because, like, all right, but uh, keep going. All right, let's, let's say. Let's say it's you, the individual Greg Kelly, donating to whoever it may be. John hey, you know, Smith's I might be running campaign. for mayor, you know. Okay, so you're making a donation maybe to your own campaign. Yeah, all right, so how would I run But in this essence, thing? the company out there, company XYZ, maybe it's a cleaning firm, a construction firm, you know, something that's up for city business. You're taking money from them. You, Greg Kelly, takes $100,000 from that company and says it's you donating it, not that company. So you're sort of the middleman for that political donation. You're the straw donor, even though the money's actually coming from some entity that may have influence, you know, a reason to make that donation, not just you out of the goodness of your own heart. All right. Thank you for that explanation. I still totally don't get it. I think it's a mental block on my part. <laughs> it's just a mental block. No, I get it. I get it. I get it. Very good. Um, all right. So is there any, oh, we're going to go to the white, the, what's her name is going to come out with a briefing and update on the cocaine. That's all anybody wants to know. That's, That's all anybody's talking out. about, the yeah. cocaine. Um, with all this talk about cocaine, hmm, no, never, <laughs> never. I never, ever, ever touch this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'll tell you why. When I was in high school, there was a guy named Len Bias. Does uh, anybody yeah. remember? You Absolutely. remember? I mean, I, I heard was a little it. bit, you know, that was before my time. I would have been a baby when that happened. But, yeah, I've heard about it. Len sure. Bias was a great star basketball player for the University of Maryland. Mm-hmm. And he was, I guess, drafted or had a contract with the Boston Celtics. Drafted, yeah. And... He died of an overdose, I guess. Like that next night, right? Like he got drafted and celebrated and. Right. Now the word was that, and I totally bought this, that he was had, it was the first time he ever used cocaine because that was like scandalous, more scandalous than it is now. And that he was allergic to cocaine and you could have an allergic reaction. And that stayed with me. You can take one, what do they call it? A bump, Mm -hmm. one bump and you're dead. So, uh, that's, that's basically why I've never tried it. And I never will. And you too, you kids at home, please just say no. It's true. It's true. Uh, never, ever, ever makes everything worse. Drugs, alcohol. I don't have much. I don't have any experience with cocaine, some with marijuana. 
and uh, and too much with alcohol. That was my, my that was my. How about you, James? With which? Well, <laughs> well, they're both legal, right? So I mean, well, the alcohol in the pot, right? What about the other one? No, actually, the the closest I can say is that when I worked in college, an overnight job at, a, at an eatery at a restaurant, yeah. I did take Adderall a couple times, which they say is like baby Coke. Oh man, yeah, the kids take that to study all night. Right, I did that once too, once and or twice. Did it? What was it like? Oh, is it? Apparently, it's not Coke. Apparently, it's meth. Um, I don't, <laughs> all right, stop. All right, thank you for this. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So if you come to a room like this, you can start out, I always recommend to start out in a periodic fashion so you'll be used to going through the room to look at um, the various items in the room. You can look in the jewelry box, a jewelry box of this nature, maybe a simple jewelry box, but if you look through it closely, you don't know what your child may be hiding. For instance... A gun could be hidden. A small caliber weapon could be hidden inside a jewelry box. Look at the ver- various colognes and perfumes and photos and pinches. <laughs> I just, uh, he, he's talking about your child, uh, hiding something in a jewelry box. He has the mentality of a child. He has the mentality of a, of a, what, what, what grade will we put him in? What grade level? Seventh grade. That's a that's a that's a seventh grade guy. He's reading at a seventh grade level. He's speaking at a seventh grade level. He's thinking at a seventh grade level, and uh, he's the mayor of the city of New York. That's uh, it's it's pretty wild how these things uh, happen. The destruction of society. We are in a total death spiral. Uh, cocaine at the White House. Cocaine at the White House. More on that in a second. Hey, um, the Jill Biden stuff. Let me know when you're ready about the Jill. St- okay, uh, you ready? All right. So Jill Biden is uh, who is she? She's uh, married to Joe. I have no beef with uh, Jill, but I am a little bit suspicious about a, well, a bunch of stuff. Um, you know, Joe made a move on Jill when Jill was still married to a great guy named Bill Stevenson. Did you know that? Uh, Bill Stevenson was working to get Joe elected to the United States Senate. And and so was his wife, and they were stuffing envelopes and uh, helping uh, Joe. And Joe was like, you know, really young, twenty nine. And so was Bill Stevenson. They were like, you know, young guys in uh, Delaware helping each other. And the wives they'd get together, and well, you know what happened to Joe's wife, and that is a terrible tragedy. But then Joe helped himself to this other man's wife. He did. Things like that happen, I, but but what happened next is the thing that will give anybody pause about voting for Joe. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I want to get to the Bidens in a second, but first, we're sending cluster bombs to Ukraine now. Cluster bombs. You know what a cluster bomb is? A cluster bomb is like a big bomb with a thousand little bombs on the inside. And it's basically designed to kill to kill people on the battlefield. Like, um, it, it it it's a really horrible weapon. Yeah, you want bombs to kill people on the battlefield and equipment, right? I mean, that's kind of a given. But the way this thing operates, it's strictly anti-personnel, and it's it's one of the most brutal weapons we have in the inventory. Um. It's actually against, some say it's against the Geneva Convention to use cluster munitions, and you're only really allowed in warfare to use them if the other side uses them first. Um, 
it's like creates all this shrapnel and it just like it it's devastating it's totally devastating it's worse than like a conventional bomb one bomb right you know you're vaporized or whatever and there might be some but this is it's horrible the the shrapnel and the way it impacts the body it's 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 worse than your typical bomb and uh, we're giving them to ukraine now um we're giving them the f-16s i think and the tanks and uh and how many billions of dollars could it have going back to Biden? Something to do with the fact that uh, Joe and Hunter might be compromised, might be owned by the Ukrainians, right? But they may have all kinds of dirt on those people. I know that Poroshenko, the president, has actually went out of his way to tape a phone call between him and then Vice President Joe Biden, where Joe Biden was pressuring him to get rid of some prosecutor who was just doing his job. And Poroshenko said, uh, I'm going to get rid of him, even though he's not doing anything wrong, but I'm doing it as a favor to you, Joe. Uh, how many more of those uh, calls? How many of those calls were taped? Huh? Um, very interesting. And uh, all right, back to Jill Biden. Here she is explaining how she met uh, Joe. Her uh, remember she she was married to a guy named Bill first. And what she's about to say is all false, not true. Okay, Piers Morgan talked to her during the campaign in 2020. Go ahead, please. Fascinated by the story that he basically got his eyes on you when he saw a picture of you. In an advertisement. Is this true? Well, part of it is true. I had met him uh, once before, and um, but we were in a crowd, and it was at a fundraiser. And um, so then I guess he saw my picture somewhere, and he said, oh, now that's the kind of girl I'd like to date. And I knew his brother, so his brother said, oh, I know her, because I was in college at the time, with, and his brother was there. And so uh, Frank called me, and um, or got my number and Joe called and said, you know, this is Joe Biden and um, would you like to go out? And uh, Where was your first date? We went to Philadelphia to the movies. Do you remember the film? No, I don't. Busted! Busted! Stone cold busted! All right? Everybody remembers the movie they went to, especially that era. You didn't have a phone to look at um, uh, 10 hours a day or all the time. You didn't watch 50 different TV shows, streaming this, streaming that. A movie was like a special occasion. I know what my parents went to see on their first date. Uh, How long was that before I was born? Uh, Five years before I was born, I know that they went to go see Psycho. I even know the movie theater where they went to go see it in Hempstead. It was on uh, Franklin Avenue in Hempstead at the time. The Calderon. They went to see Psycho. How about that, huh? How about that for a first date movie? Yikes. It's actually great, you know, because um, the girl may, you know, she cuddles up against, she gets scared. The word is, um, he made a move. My dad made a move. He made a move. You know what he did? After the movie was done, he held her hand. They walked out of the theater. And as my mom tells the story, he took my hand and he's never let go. Isn't that nice, huh? They've been married for Long time, 60-something years. No, 60. Oh, my God, it's going to be 60 years. But have you seen my parents lately? They are, they're so youthful, so incredible. Age is, like, not a thing. I think they're both going to live to be 150. Um, all right, so back to uh, Jill. And, oh, by the way, I'm not saying that there are a million reasons to not vote for Joe Biden. I actually will say that this is not one of them. The fact that, um, you know, he was fooling around with Jill, it's – it's a it's a human failing. Things happen. Um, we've had divorced presidents before. Trump. We've had uh, uh, Ronald Reagan. Although I'll say this about Trump. He was never fooling around with somebody else's wife. 
You can look it up. Everybody he married was single, right? Ivana. Um, what was the other one? Marla. And, um, um, shoot. What? What's her name? Uh, uh, Melania. Melania. Melania, of course. Melania. Uh, they, they weren't married when, when, uh, when president met. anyway, Biden, uh, she was married. And I know this, by the way, by watching, um, well, I fa- first found out about it a couple of years ago. Inside Edition did the story. And there's this great guy named Bill Stevenson, Jill Biden's first husband. And he kind of wanted to set the record straight. Didn't want to hurt anybody. But that story you just heard is total, is total nonsense, total lie. So listen to this. Cut 23. Bill Stevenson, Jill's first husband. So you were friends with Joe Biden. Oh, yeah. Right before the election in 72, Jill, Joe, Nelia, and I were in his kitchen. How do you forget that? Stevenson says his first inkling something was up came when Jill refused to go with him to meet Bruce Springsteen, who was booked to appear at the Stone Balloon. He said, uh, Joe asked me to keep an eye on the boys. He thought something was up right there. Joey? All right. What happened next? Cut 24. One day, he says a man came into his bar and asked him to pay damages for a fender bender that involved Jill. He looks at me and he says, oh, she wasn't driving. I said, her beloved Corvette, she wasn't driving it? He goes, Senator Biden was driving it. And I went, what? What? Busted. Busted. Anyway, so they split up. Uh, Joe and Bill... I'm sorry, wait, Bill Stevenson and, and Jill broke up, uh, and Jill married Joe. Okay, well, it gets a little bit uh, messy, actually. So Jill sues that guy that you just heard, Bill. This is after the divorce. She wanted more property, and uh, from my reading of the record, she lost that case. And it infuriated Joe Biden. Joe Biden is a United States senator in a puny little state like uh, Delaware. That's like the biggest deal in the world. They can't even believe they get a senator. They're so small. All right. So he's a United States senator. He was reelected in 1978. Uh, they go to court. They're suing this poor guy, Bill. The judge realizes, you know what? <laughs> Bill doesn't owe you anything. He doesn't owe you a damn thing. Did he put you through school? Yes. Did he do this for you? Yes. Did he do that for you? Yes. Uh, all right. The way I see it, uh, <laughs> you're on your own now. That made, that made Joe Biden very, very mad. And the word was out. Bill Stevenson, this state is too small for you and Joe Biden. It would be smart for you to leave. Well, Bill didn't leave. And they mentioned that, uh, he had a bar called the Stone Balloon. This, uh, kind of a famous, iconic, pub in the mid-Atlantic region where that acts would come, major acts like Bruce Springsteen. Big musical groups would come and perform at the Stone Balloon. It was like, uh, what's a club that we have like that? I don't know. What, what, what do we have in Long Island that was like that? It was uh, like 007? No. Mulcahy's? Is that it? All right. Well, anyway, I think it's actually bigger than Mulcahy's because major bands would come. So what happened was um, this guy's just doing his life. Bill Stevenson, everything's great, running that successful business. And then look at this. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. Um, the federal government indicts him in April of 1982. 
on nine counts of uh, tax evasion, tax, not paying taxes for employees. Okay, well, you think, oh, all right, that happens. We've heard of that happening before, right? These allegations, right? But the how I know it's bogus is when he's indicted. It's April 9th of 1982, okay? April 9th of 1982. And I go through the charges here, and they say it's all about he did not pay taxes in the first quarter of 1982. The first quarter of 1982. That's January, February, and March. And one week into the next month, which is April, there's a federal indictment of this guy? It's insane. It's it's an abuse of power. It's right there. It's a total abuse of power. It's obviously coming from uh from Joe. There's no reason to pick on this guy other than yeah, they're mad at it. Oh, you know how much money was at stake? And I got this. I'm looking at the newspaper from 1982, April 1982. They didn't just go after Bill. They went after his brother George. They owned the place together. And guess get this, you ready? They were accused of criminal liability. For the $8,266 in unmade deposits, 8200 bucks, a federal indictment. Now that, that's totally insane. I mean, that makes no sense whatsoever. Unless you think it's a small, puny state. It's before the Internet. Joe Biden is elected the same year that uh, J. Edgar Hoover is running the FBI. Nixon was in the White House, okay? This is a totally different world. And if you had status, if you had a position like U.S. Senator, you could do whatever the hell you want, especially take out some saloon owner, right? And that's what he tried to do, although he failed. He totally failed. This guy, uh, Bill Stevenson, um, is still very well known and respected in Delaware, Everybody knows who he is. He's got uh, thriving businesses all over the place. And, um, and, but he knows the score. He knows what happened. Hey, Christine, you're, you called yesterday. Sorry. What's up? Hey, you had, um, Janine, uh, Michelle from, um, Gays Against Groomers on last night. Well, her and Caitlyn Jenner are involved with a little online battle. I want to tell both of them to knock it off. We have a big battle on our hand. That's, Marxist gender ideology. All right. Hey, Christine, I mean, come on. Look, they're getting into a tiff on Twitter. No big deal. You like uh, you like uh, Michelle from Gays Against Groomers overall, right? Yeah. And you like and you like and you like Caitlyn Jenner, right? Yeah. All right. So it doesn't matter if they're going at it a little bit on Twitter about some minor stuff. It's okay. But we want we I don't want anyone to keep the eyes off the uh, the battle here. We have to stop this gender ideology before one more kid gets. uh, put on these life-altering medications i agree but you know in those um in those efforts as we pursue those efforts you know people are involved and you you know people like hey we got a problem let's start a foundation to fix that problem it's like yeah absolutely let's do that and then you have foundation and then you got to raise money and then you have to have people count the money and you have to have an hr department you have to have board members and guess what happens office politics right it's inevitable so you got a little bit of an office politics situation, right? They're 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 sniping at each other. If you don't know, oh by the way, gays against groomer, uh, groomers, um, Michelle. What's her first name again? Uh, uh, Jamie. Jamie Michelle. She's great. She happens to be a lesbian. She lives in Wisconsin, I think. Um, and she's like, yeah, let's keep. You got to keep the kids out of this stuff. You, you don't sexualize children and keep. Women in women's sports, no transgender. And it's just she's brilliant 
And he got allies from all over the place, like you, Christine, and um, uh, Caitlyn Jenner. I love it. People, by the way, Ron DeSantis doesn't get it. Did you see what Ron DeSantis said about Caitlyn Jenner? I mean, like, somehow she doesn't have a right to exist, or you know, right? That was wrong. Anyway, Christine, I get it. You don't want your friends fighting, but it happens sometimes, okay? Don't let, we, we don't, it's not a big deal. All right. <laughs> I'm glad. I, hey, Alex is on the phone. I uh, haven't heard from you in a while. You usually have a uh, criticism of some type, but that's fine. What's up? Yeah, I just, I just, uh, thanks for taking my call, Greg. Uh, I just wanted to comment about the uh, adultery thing involving Joe Biden. I think we can overlook, uh, you know, personal character flaws like uh, nepotism or evading the draft. But in the case of adultery, in this particular case, Joe Biden basically committed adultery with a with a woman who was uh, 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 who was the wife of his friend, and that is, I mean, that that. I think that goes beyond a certain line because that's really involving hurting somebody badly. Well, I agree. I I mean, look, I agree. Adultery is a really, you know, it's a sin. It's in the Bible. It's bad. And uh, it happens. I also believe in forgiveness. I also believe in, you know, this is the real world and things happen and people screw up all the time. And, yeah, that was pretty low. And he's never really been called out on it. But, however, let's go back to the early 1970s and – what happened? Uh, Joe lost his wife and daughter, right, in that horrible car wreck. And I'm just going to put myself in his position for a moment, right? Did he think somehow, was he angry at the world? Did he feel entitled or something like that? Was there some of that going around? And it becomes a U.S. senator. It was wrong, but it happened. And these things happen in life, all right? This is the real world, and these things happen. And I do believe in forgiveness, and I believe in – I've made a million mistakes. So have you, Alex. But um, this has kind of been already adjudicated – and uh, you heard what I said also. People from all walks of life uh, screw up. So it's not that part that I find so – I mean, it is objectionable. Don't I'm not trying to minimize it, but it's personal. It's the professional that bothers me with that Bill Stevenson guy. All right, Alex, uh, but uh, I, I can tell you're pretty fervent about this. And I get it. I respect that. Fair enough. I'll point out one more thing. Maybe. Uh, hello? Yeah. All right. What is it? Yeah, okay, the one more thing that I wanted to point out is that Gavin Newsom, the person who might potentially become a presidential candidate. Stop. He also Stop, did stop, stop, stop. Let me just, I, before you say it, I want to say it. Now, this is a guy who has the sitting mayor fooled around with his chief of staff's wife, right? Is that it? That's right. And that, you know what? I'm surprised that's not a bigger issue. And everyone's all still excited about Gavin and he got reelected. You're right. You're kind of right about that, actually. It's not 50 years ago. It's, uh, it's like four years ago, right? And that is a yeah. thing. And you live in California. Does that ever come up? Uh, it, it almost never comes up because, uh, there's a lot of Democrats here who, who really look up to Gavin Newsom, but I think that kind of, I mean, that particular type of character flaw is just too extreme. Adultery, where you hurt another human being. Especially when that other person you're hurting is is, is a close friend or, or a close working colleague. That's just so beyond the pale. You, and it bothers a lot wonder. of dudes. It it it, bother, it bothers dudes when they hear about that. It does. It does. Now again, you know, human beings are, and um, there's a way you can you can you can salvage all of it. Salvation is available. But yeah, no, it's a. Uh, it's a thing, and the fake news, if he was a Republican, that would be a far bigger deal. Alex, I appreciate it. Good to hear from you again. I'll be right back.
Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Man, this cocaine stuff is really literally a federal case, a total federal case. Um, James Comer, who I really like, House Oversight Committee, been investigating the Bidens now for a while. Um, he wants to find out what the hell uh, is going on with this cocaine, where it came from, and why don't we have answers? There's a million security cameras around the White House. They know where this stuff, uh, who put it there. Now, Congressman Comer, please cut 10, cut 10. We've requested a briefing from the Secret Service. The House Oversight Committee has jurisdiction over the Secret Service. So we're expecting to be briefed on that. We have concerns about national security risk. Obviously, uh, there are you know, are, are a lot of, uh, uh, explanations uh, that, uh, that could be made for what happened there. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, with all the money and all the security uh, that we have around the White House, something like this should never happen. And we're concerned about, uh, the fact that the president's son, who we've said for, for seven months now is a, is a risk to our national security. Wow. I guess. Yeah. I mean, part of me was like, okay, there's a little bit of cocaine. Uh, like, I don't know. The whole country's on drugs, it seems like, so there's a little bit of cocaine, but it is a problem. And you know what? I don't want Hunter Biden dying of anything, all right? I don't want him dying of an overdose. It could happen, for crying out loud. I mean, I don't want that to happen to anybody, and I want people to get help, including him. And to see him on that White House uh, balcony all strung out, I mean, that was, right? Did you see it? Sweating profusely. Uh, The women seemed uncomfortable. Jill seemed totally freaked out and annoyed. And after all the stuff, his antics over the years, who wouldn't be freaked out and annoyed with him? So I um, I hope it all ends well. You know, I hope it all ends well. In the meantime, I think Eric Adams should resign. He should totally resign for this malarkey. <clears throat> I can't believe I said malarkey. It's because Joe Biden is uh, <laughs> Joe Biden's dominating the news cycle. OK, but this crap, I prefer that about that wallet. Um in the the picture and the family didn't know about it. You know, I'm sorry, but you should have. <laughs> anyway, here's that lie. Cut 15. Hi, I carry around a picture of Robert Venable, my close friend that was shot uh, several years ago uh, when during my early days of policing. And I always have Robert's picture. Uh, the pain never dissipates. This was news to the Venable family. They <laughs> were like, what? We... Our father died in 1987, shot. We haven't heard from Eric Adams until uh, last week. Okay. All right. My very close friend. Do you know what I mean? The fake news still enamored with him. Cut 14. New York City has had all kinds of larger-than-life mayors, but never anyone quite like Eric Adams. Yeah, you said it, Anderson. Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's actually a pretty good idea. I'm going to start tweeting everything I eat, every little morsel that I eat, because if you, uh, that I think can actually work. Uh, I'm running like a lunatic. I'm running four to five miles a day, no matter how hot it gets. I'm out there. If it rains, I'm out there. I'm on this streak. I don't know when's the last time I did not go running. It's, uh, it's been a while. Anyway, I'm out there, but I, st- and I feel it. I feel my body kind of, you know, muscles and I feel like it's, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm getting trimmer in certain respects, but I still got a great big gut. 
And uh, I wonder about that, all right? So part of the reason is I'm eating Tootsie Rolls literally every day. Literally every day, some Tootsie Rolls. Uh, who does that, right? Um, licorice, uh, uh, Swedish fish. So I think that's the culprit, don't you think? Uh, what else? Uh, chips, uh, ruffles. I cannot pass up ruffles. Ruffles, ridges, uh, plain, the regular salty flavor, whatever that is, not sour cream. And if I start tweeting this stuff, not for anybody's enjoyment. I'm not trying to say, like, look at me and look at what I'm eating. It's really a record-keeping mechanism for myself. I think that could help me and remind every time because I, I don't want to tweet uh, that I ate a Tootsie Roll again. And every time I realize, okay, I'm going to have to tweet this. And, I mean, part of it is, yeah, the public's uh, approbation. Is that the word? Oh, what's her name? Uh, this is the big liar from the White House. has just gone to the podium. Didn't she? Is it starting now? Oh, no. It looked like that was a rerun. Okay. We're waiting for her to go to the, uh, I think it's, uh, I think they just lost the feed. Yeah, here we go. Right? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Go ahead. I just have one thing at the top, and then I'll turn it over to our guest. So I want to acknowledge that today marks 100 days since Evan Gershkovich was wrongfully detained. Hey, let's hear about the cocaine. The world knows that the charges against Evan are baseless. He was arrested in Russia. I never heard of the guy. Get to the cocaine. Doing his job as a journalist. All right. I want him free, but come on. He's being held by Russia for a leverage because he is an American. The president has been very clear that we have no higher priority than securing the release of Evan, Paul Whelan, and all Americans wrongfully detained abroad. The team continues to work on these cases every day from all angles. Our message to Evan and to Paul is this. Keep the faith. We won't stop until you are home. Now with that, uh, now with that, um, we have, uh, as you know, the National Security Advisor to the President, Jake Sullivan. Is he going to say? To give a preview of his uh, trip to the NATO summit, as you all know. I don't care about the NATO summit. summit. I want to know about the cocaine. questions that you may have, Jake? Jake. This is the guy who blew it in Afghanistan, by the way. We lost because of this guy. Everybody, thanks for bearing with me today. I'm going to... What a dweeby guy. Sorry. uh, ...the plan for the trip that's upcoming this weekend. Tell us about your trip. uh, Because there have been uh, numerous reports on the provision of cluster munitions to Ukraine. I'll say a few words on that at the top, and then I'll be happy to take your questions. President Biden said on day one of his administration that the United States would revitalize our alliances and re-engage with the world to meet the great challenges of our time. All right, and stop. Sunday, All right, yeah, he's a liar. All right, I wait. I am kind of curious about this cluster bomb thing. Is he going to debunk it? Put it up one more time. regained our global standing as a strong and trusted partner for peace, progress, and security. This trip will reflect that progress, and it will showcase the president's leadership on the world stage. First, the president will travel to the United Kingdom. If he doesn't fall down. All right. He's talking about the president's trip. Forget it. Forget it. Forget it. I don't want to. Cocaine. I mean, it was found right outside the situation room. This guy works in the situation room. I mean, he's got to be on the list of suspects, right? He works there. Um, He's all thin. I don't like, you know, the, the guy you were just hearing from, the national security advisor, right? Security. You know, some people broke into his house last month. I'm not kidding. Some people broke in, they walked in the front door, which was unlocked. Some guy walks in the front door of the national security advisor's house at three in the morning. Who, oh, by the way, has a secret service protection sitting right in front. 
I, I have a feeling they may have taken a nap three in the morning. Um, anyway, that's terrible. It's really terrible that this guy, Jake Sullivan is still national security advisor after what happened in Afghanistan. I mean, you know, you, people criticize Trump for, you know, the turnover, but, uh, if you're not producing, you gotta, and if you lose a war, nobody who lost that war, none of those decision makers, um, have left the White House. Uh, Tony Blinken is still there, Secretary of State. Jake Sullivan is still there. Um, who are the other guys who had a role in that? Um, and even the State Department said after what happened, we didn't have, well, they, they, they hinted at it. The seventh floor is where the Secretary of State's office is. And that report that came out last Friday said, uh, you know, greater coordination and direction from the seventh floor would have been helpful. Would have been appropriate. And that's Beltway talk for Anthony Blinken screwed this thing up. And that's his wingman right there. Um, and I'm looking at the footage again of Joe Biden at the White House uh, on, uh, when the fireworks went off. Still bothering me. If you want a real celebration of the 4th of July, you got to go back and look at Donald Trump's speech from 2020, July 4th, 2020. Watch that speech at Mount Rushmore which the mainstream media, they actually agree with that creep from Ben and Jerry's uh, who says that we should give Mount Rushmore back to the Indians. Are there any Indians out there to give it to? What does that even mean? How would that happen? Uh, how would that happen? Let's try, um, where is that person? Um, uh, well, let's try Kirk. Hi, Kirk. What's up? How you doing, Greg? Thanks for, thanks for taking my call. I, I want to say this. Listen, we're, 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 we're never going to know who, who, that, who, who, that, who that cocaine belonged to. Why not? All right? Because, you know, because the Secret Service, they're going to have to admit that they are wrong. And then that means that they failed in their security. Wait a second. Effort. How are they wrong? They found the stuff. They found it. They found the secret. They, they found the cocaine. The Secret Service found it. And what, what I'm saying is, but they 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 won't reveal who it belonged to because look because then they got to face the big guy. I mean that may be, but uh, the Secret Service. Uh, I, I mean I don't know if they're to blame here. They found it. Uh, they found the cocaine. The uniform division of the Secret Service. Um, I don't know. I mean, and you say we're not going to find out. I mean, we can find out. It's knowable. It's no, I'm looking at the suspect right now. There's Hunter and there's Kamala. And, and Donald Trump said it could be, uh, uh, Joe himself, which is not crazy. It's not crazy at all, actually. Anyway, who knows? Who knows? But, um, anyway, anything else going on? What? Uh, no, 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 that, that was, that, I just wanted to get that off my chest. I think, I think that, you know, the Secret Service should be held accountable also because, yeah, they did find it, but they're not revealing. And I already think that they Hold on a second. What do you mean they should be held accountable? They should be held accountable. I don't know what you mean. I don't know what that – I don't know why you're blaming the Secret Service here. They found it. First, they did. They don't know what it is. They think it might be ricin or something like that or anthrax. So they shut the place down and they bring it off to the lab. And, um, okay, the big thing for the Secret Service, quite frankly, uh, Kirk – is that it's not ricin and it's not anthrax. It's cocaine. Um, I I, I want to know whose it is, but the Secret Service is, uh, I don't know. I mean, is it really their job to, t- to tell us? I think it's the White House Council's. I want to know. I don't blame the Secret Service for pretty much anything in this case. I don't, I, I just don't. Uh, what, what's with you and the Secret Service? 
I, I have nothing against them. I just think that they already know who it belongs to, and they're not going to reveal it. Well, when you say they, the Secret Service, I mean, let's put the focus on uh, on the president, on uh, on the staff there. Uh, I, I don't see the Secret Service. If I w- look, if I were president, and this happened in, on on my watch. I would tell the Secret Service, you tell me first. You, you, you're not in the public information, uh, you know, you, we'll handle this. I would say that. You know what I mean? I would want to know, and I'm not saying, okay, Secret Service, this is, you found it great. You shut down the White House. Uh, I'll take it from here. Uh, maybe. Would I do that? I don't know. Or maybe I'd like, I don't know. Anyway, Kirk, interesting, interesting. It's all interesting. Uh, let's try Rob. Hi. Hi, Greg. How are you? Fine. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. All right. You 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 have a habit of making some really good points. You know that, right? And I I think what you said before about the seventh grade level of atoms is is true. I mean, we're, we're adults, right? When when you become an adult, one of the things that you have the ability to do is to be able to uh, identify a a young person's, you know behavior, intellect, however you want to call it. You know, it just it sticks out like a sore thumb. They may not see it because they are the young person in question, but an adult can see it and pick it out like a, like a, like a sore thumb. Right. And, and I think Kamala, Kamala Harris is uh, a <laughs> one for the, for the, for the, for the, for the ranking. Biden himself is, you know, what about Fetterman for God's sakes? I mean, so it's just unbelievable. Oh, and by the way, uh, I'm on the Long Island Expressway headed east down onto Long Island right now. I'm what on exit? my way to Wooden what, e- what exit? Uh, I'm on 35, exit 35 right now. It was it was hell all the way up to now. Now it's starting to move a little bit. Okay, and where are you going? I'm going out to Rudy Palooza in Ronkonkoma. Did what? you hear of it? No. Oh, is are you going to the yeah, warehouse? Yeah. You're going to the warehouse? That's correct. Oh, yes, fantastic. Yep, fantastic. I'm, Have fun. Say all, really, hi, hi to all those guys. And Rudy's going to be there? Yeah, Rudy's uh, there. I'm going there to meet him and, and Ted and everybody. Rudy talks great about you. We all do. We we love you. Oh, you know? Well, thank you very much. And uh, the, you're going to have a great time there at the uh, the warehouse. It's like this mega headquarters in Ronkonkoma. It's literally in a warehouse. The best people. And they got all kinds of cool stuff on the wall. And it's a lot of fun. Great food. Great people. And please say hi and have a great time. I'm so glad Rudy, Rudy's going there. Not for the first time. Not for the first time. All right, turn the volume up. Jake is now taking questions. Are they hitting him on the cocaine? Even before Evan was detained, as, as we were dealing with Paul Whelan, that we are prepared mm, this is not to about do the hard cocaine. things in order to get uh, our citizens home, including getting Evan home. Uh, I do not want to give false hope. Uh, what the Kremlin said earlier this week is correct. There have been discussions. Uh, but those discussions have not produced a clear pathway to a resolution. Right. What about and the cocaine? So I cannot stand here today and tell you that we have a clear answer to how we are going to get Evan home. All I can do is tell you that we have a clear commitment and conviction that we will do everything possible to bring him home. With respect to the question of whether uh, the recent actions by Prigozhin and the fallout from that creates new openings or opportunities. Oh, that's that I guy. Say that I have perceived that's that the guy directly. who was uh, the Wagner Group course, chief. This is a story that continues. You to take be on Putin, day, I think so you may uh, wind up dead, unfortunately. In the meantime, we're going to stay laser focused on doing everything we can, both uh, directly with the Russians and then with other allies and partners. Do you do cocaine? We're invested in his safe return uh, to try to get him out as soon as possible. Yeah. Uh, President Zelensky said, All right, stop. That's enough. I can't take it. I mean, 
Um, you know, Kareem Jean-Pierre on a Friday brings this guy out just to avoid the cocaine stuff. That's it. That's why he's there. She can't handle it. She, he's not responsible for it. It's outside. Right? He's not going to. And they're all playing along. That's really rude, don't you think? Let me do one more. Doug in Huntington, yes. Hi, Greg. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, going back to that cocaine, that other caller, two callers ago, Kurt, I'm kind of on the way he thinks, not with the Secret Service, but I think they would have already come out if it was Donald Trump Jr., Eric Trump, or even Donald Trump himself. They would have come out already two days after they found this stuff and blamed them for it. Now, hold on a second. The Secret Service, though, the Secret Service is a little bit different, all right? The Secret Service is its own little kind of fiefdom. And a lot of those guys like Trump, all right? And a lot of those guys lean conservative. The leadership is a suspect at times, but I don't know about that. I know what you're saying. I know where you're coming from. I think the swamp does that. But the Secret Service is one little... uh Readout, if you will. It's one little holdout that's, uh, it's not as swampy as the, as the rest of the swamp. Does that make sense, Doug? They're a little bit different. I've dealt with this here. As a matter of fact, my father was technically in charge of the Secret Service. He was. He was the Undersecretary of the Treasury. That's a spot that they came up with after Kennedy was assassinated. Because the Secret Service actually did screw up a few things around that, uh, assassination. They did. And there was a big report, the Warren Commission, as you remember. But even before that, they said, okay, we got to fix this, 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 and this, and this in the Secret Service. And one of the things they did was we need more than a director of the Secret Service. The director of the Secret Service needs a boss, and it shouldn't be the president. So they made uh, an assistant secretary of the Treasury for enforcement. And then they bumped that guy up to undersecretary of the Treasury for enforcement. And my dad had that job in the 1990s. So anyway, Doug, yeah, I would. Uh, I know where you're coming from, but I don't really agree. Did I make my – do you follow me? I thought, I don't, I'm not blaming the Secret Service. I, did, doesn't this get turned over to the Department of Justice at this point, though? I don't know. I mean, let's face it. You know what? I, 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 at the same time, I don't think we should go totally overboard. All right. We know it wasn't ricin. It wasn't anthrax. You know, I mean, how, how much? All right. There's cocaine. I actually once saw cocaine on the floor in a liquor store. I didn't call 911. I didn't do anything about it. I mean, what was I supposed to do? I didn't touch it. I didn't, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't even know it was cocaine, but it seemed like it was cocaine. I mean, it was cocaine. I mean, it was cocaine. We know it's probably hunters for crying out loud, but, uh, all right. Anyway, good stuff, Doug. Thank you. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So, uh, I'm looking at what's his name? Jake, Jake Sullivan, the national security advisor, now explained to a room full of people. What the Biden administration said just a few months ago would be a war crime if they sent cluster munitions to Ukraine. Now they say it's the right thing to do to send cluster bombs to Ukraine. Cluster bomb, a big bomb with many thousands of little bombs on the inside, an anti-personnel um, weapon that has devastating consequences. All weapons are, are, are really horrific at times. Some of them are required, but this is uh, this is kind of a below the belt thing. You know, in military, uh, right? It's a little bit below the belt. Let's see here. Um, and it's mentioned in the Geneva Convention, under the Geneva Convention. Uh, and they actually have a special section on cluster munitions. Cluster munitions are defined and prohibited as a category of weapons. Uh, the definition of cluster munition, let's see, a conventional munition that is designed to disperse or release explosive submunitions, each weighing less than 20 kilograms, 
and includes those explosive submunitions. Therefore, the ban on cluster munitions and all relevant convention obligations, such as stockpile destruction, apply both to the container and the... All right, this gets very, very, very legalistic, but uh, they're against the law. I'm looking at here, right here. And I actually, uh, I have no problem with the Geneva Convention uh, protocol. I I like it. I like it. It's there to protect um, our troops, our troops. Okay, you think, yeah, well, what the hell? Give them uh, the worst things they can get. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Give them- Well, what about when they use the same stuff on our guys, right? It's one thing I try to tell people like you know they say well we're going to you know, the, the, the pow's what's wrong with torturing pow's well they'll do the same thing to our guys now you could say they're already doing that right they're chopping off heads remember isis chopping off heads and those savages uh, terrorists in iraq chopping off heads well we don't do that right we don't we don't do that that's still the ideal and anyway they say you get hey oh 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 a disciplinary group in Washington, D.C. has just recommended the disbarment of Rudy Giuliani, one of the greatest lawyers in this country, because of uh, January 6th. Oh, give me a break. Give me a break. That's so unjust. It's not going to happen. We're with Rudy. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yeah, this uh, just crossed. Disciplinary panel calls for Rudy Giuliani's disbarment. Um, his ultimate disbarment or other penalty would be cited, decided by the D.C. Court of Appeals. A Washington, D.C.-based bar discipline committee concluded Friday that Rudy Giuliani should be disbarred for frivolous and destructive efforts to derail the 2020 presidential election in support of Donald Trump. This is from Politico a few moments ago. Uh, I think you guys, I think Politico should be disbarred. I think the uh, the D.C. Uh, Discipline Committee should be disbarred. What? You can't complain about an election? You can't explore constitutional remedies to a what you believe is a theft of votes? I mean, cr- it's just crazy. This is so bizarro what has happened to him. And you know what's amazing? Rudy keeps a great attitude through it all. Uh, now, his law license was suspended, I believe, in New York. Now, is it, disbarment is, is horrible. But if it does happen, Rudy should wear it as a badge of honor. And oh, by the way, you attorneys who worked with Rudy Giuliani at that U.S. attorney's office back in the 80s and early 90s, you guys should be rallying around. You know, good lawyers out there know what's happening to Rudy is an injustice. You know that, especially you Harvard geeks. All right. You know that. Yet you abandon him. You don't. You should be helping him. I know it's unpopular. I know. I know, right? And But you have helped expose the whole system for what it is. We all think, you know, I used to think it's all merit-based. No. It's corporate. It's money. It's uh, <laughs> There's all kinds of weird, shady stuff going on behind the scenes, all right? <laughs> we schmuck citizens go around following the rules, and you guys are pulling the strings on everything. Rudy Giuliani is a great man, a great attorney, and if you mess with that law license, shame on you. It says so much more about you than it does about him. And history, history will vindicate Rudy Giuliani. Now, the question is, is that going to, is that history going to be written next year or in 2025 or in 2035 or in 2100? I don't know. I don't know. Hey, this, uh, this guy, Jake Sullivan is still, now they're giving him a hard time for this, uh, cluster bomb stuff. Turn up the volume, please. 
Ah, uh, never mind. All right, thank you. Uh, Barbara is standing by. Hi, Barbara. Hi. Hi, Greg. I found a quote that I think might apply to a couple of the politicians you've been talking about today. And the quote is from, from de Tocqueville, and he says, Men of arrogance, their admiration for absolute government is proportionate to the contempt they feel for those around them. Boy, did that ring a bell as soon as I read that. Forgive me. Who Could you read know? that again? Could you read that one more time? I'm sorry. Men of arrogance, men who are arrogant, their admiration for absolute government in other words, they want to control everything, is proportionate to the contempt they feel for those around them. That's the Tocqueville? Yes, he said that. All right. That's good, but it takes a couple of detours. You know what I mean? It goes, you know, give me another one. Give you another one. All of them are more complicated than that. Because de Tocqueville and all of our founders had such a command of the language and they used it. So uh, this is a fairly simple, a simple one. But so that came to my mind today. I'm sorry that you're not, um, you know, as happy with it as I am. Oh, I'm but, sorry. I mean, I mean, I mean but you always, uh, I mean, it's, oh, it's, yeah. But give me, yeah, you got another one? It doesn't matter if it's more complex. Oh, well, well, I have a book full of them. All right, I'll give you one. Give me liberty or give me death. Who said that? Oh, I love that, but. Hey, I wanted to mention to you. Wait, wait, but seriously, who said that? Uh, give me death. I, I don't know. Uh, Ben Franklin, uh, Sam Adams. Uh, I'll find out. What was it? Patrick Henry? Patrick Henry. All right. Uh, all right. So tell me the next thing you were going to say. Sorry. Okay, I wanted to mention to you. I've been reading a little bit about the results of the uh, Supreme Court opinion on race-based admissions and how that is going to affect DEI mm. because it also affects race-based employment. Even the New York Times had to admit that, but most of the mainstream media is hiding it. However, I found an article by Betsy McCoy, who is a, such a brainiac. She's so brilliant. Betsy McCoy, she quotes Justice Neil Gorsuch. He explained in his concurrence in this opinion that when Congress enacted the Civil Rights Act, it used the same words in Title VI, barring federally funded colleges from discriminating, as it did in Title VII, which prohibits employers from discriminating. And Justice Gorsuch said both parts of the law have the same meaning and are essentially identical. So... These employers who have been bragging about their diversity, equity, and inclusion and have been publishing the percentages and their goals and their, their um, object in their hiring, they're going to be receiving an avalanche of lawsuits. And some attorneys are already warning companies about that. And that was printed in the New York Times. Wow. But can you imagine can you imagine what this can do? For example, the Cleveland Clinic, the Cleveland Clinic in Cleveland, Ohio. My mother had open heart surgery there. A fabulous, fabulous place. But the Cleveland Clinic has vowed they're apologizing all over the media for not reaching their DEI objectives and oh, promising that they will do better. Yeah, that's one place where I don't want that 
you know, diversity to be an objective. You know what I mean? Just great doctors, the Cleveland Clinic. My goodness. You know, uh, this DEI stuff and these targets and these goals and this look at us stuff. I just saw NBC Universal. I was just reading about their DEI officer. They have a chief diversity, equity and inclusion officer who makes about seven million dollars a year. This is all for powerful people to stay in power. Oh, Barbara, we got to go back to the White House because I think the cocaine is about to come up. Up. Oh, is it? Is it? Is it? Do they all turn away? And with that, I said it was my last question. So thank you guys. Thank you for coming. Thank you. 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 What about the cocaine? So President Biden has made combating the opioid crisis a key part of his agenda and has taken decisive <laughs> actions to reduce both the supply. No, you haven't. Of the border's wide open and, and you got cocaine 10 feet from where you're standing, lady. It's totally drugs. crazy. Let me know Today, when the questions start. Barbara, can you believe this with the cocaine? It's totally crazy. Barbara, great stuff. Yeah. Great insight. Thank I, you for telling us about the uh, piece by uh, the former lieutenant governor. Uh, she's great. Betsy McCoy. Sandra, uh, hello. Hi, Greg. You know, there's an act, it's called the Hatch Act. When I first saw the Hatch Act... Uh, I don't want to hear anything about the Hatch Act. I really, I've had conversations, I know what the Hatch Act is, it's not interesting, it's not even enforceable, and it's, it's, it's just, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with the Hatch Act. I know, I, I, I know the press secretary said something about the Hatch Act, the deputy. Let's not talk about that, because it's just, it's just kind of silly. What else? Well, you know, I was very surprised to hear, um, Kaylee McInerney say that she was very, very sure that Hunter had nothing to do with this cocaine thing. And she goes on to say that it's inconceivable to think that cocaine can sit the 72 hour period. And he went, he left on Friday and he was at Camp David. So he, she says it's just not going to be, it doesn't make any sense because it has to sit I mean, I, oh, who cares what Kaylee Mac? I like Kaylee McEnany, but she's just some person sitting on a couch on television right now. All right. She's just like you. She's just throwing out opinions. I know she used to work at the White House. I used to work at the White House. It's not a big deal. She's a great. She was a great press secretary, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what she says. I mean, she's just sitting They're filling airtime over there. I mean, that happens. I mean, uh, I know what that's like. Um, so, you know, it doesn't really matter what she said. What do you think? Well, my, my question to you is, that, you know, certain acts that restrict people from saying what they think. Don't you think that's a problem, like the Hatch Act? No, I don't. I told you I don't want to talk about the Hatch Act, Sandra. It's such a ridiculous... It's it's take us 20 minutes. You can do the partisan stuff at the White House. I know all that stuff. It's not a thing, all right? Just forget about it, all right? They only invoke the Hatch Act when they want to shut somebody up or somebody's dodging something. Forget about it. Just forget about it. Um, uh, Did they talk about the cocaine yet? No. All right. Let's give them a break, and we'll be right back. Thank you. Greg Kelly, Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, you invite Dick Morris to come on down, if you don't mind. Dick Morris is a great guy. I was just chatting with him. Dick Morris, the legendary... Uh, political consultant. Uh, you know, he helped get Bill Clinton reelected in 1996. Bill Clinton was dead meat in, uh, 1996. After 1994, 
The Democrats lost Congress for the first time in like how many years? Like decades, I think. And uh, Bill Clinton was going down, going down hard. Uh, and th- with Dick Morris's help, totally kind of retooled his political game. You needed the small victories. It was small victories all over the place that they uh, that they came up with. Ah, uh, Caitlyn Jenner. No, I'm going to put that aside for now. So, um, hey, Larry in Brooklyn, what do you want to say about this barman? I want to say, you know, I'm a member of the New York State Bar, and as far as I know, you could only be disbarred for, for something having to do with moral turpitude, okay? And if you have a conviction, an honest conviction, that the election was stolen, even if you say something false in pursuit of that claim, that is far removed from moral turpitude because you're pursuing your honest convictions, and these judges are politically... They're, 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 they did they did this because he was politically incorrect as far as they goes. And to, to illustrate how hypocritical they are, the lawyer for uh, uh, for uh, uh, Neely, that 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 guy on the subway, uh, uh, Goldbaum, Jason Goldbaum, he made an extrajudicial statement comparing the Jordan Neely case to the Daniel Petty case He's in public to the press. He was not supposed to do that because it could influence the case, and he's not going to have anything happen to him. Well, that doesn't sound like that. That, that sounds very minor on on his part. You, whatever. I mean, every time you speak to the press, you're probably trying to influence something. But hey, I'm glad you said all that stuff. Um, I mean, the case against Rudy is a total fraud. We understand that. We know that. We know that. And look. I know Rudy. You know Rudy. He believes the election was stolen. You can be a good person in America and believe the election was stolen. Okay, it's still America. Elections have been known to be stolen before. It happens. It happens. Lyndon Johnson. We'd have no Lyndon Baines Johnson if it wasn't for those 87 votes that he stole that made him a United States senator. Did you know that? You can look it up in uh, in Robert Caro's book. Thank you very much for that. Um and, uh, oh, here he comes, the man I was just talking about, Dick Morris. Dick, welcome back. You know, they're writing the political obituary, it seems, of, uh, Ron DeSantis. He was supposed to be the, <laughs> he was the next best, biggest thing that was ever going to happen. He's completely inept, incompetent as a candidate. I'm sorry, he is. As a presidential candidate, might have been a great gubernatorial candidate. And, oh, by the way, everyone's usually, you know, so impressed with the wife. I don't, I don't see what the big fascination is with her either. I'm sorry. I don't think she, I think she comes across as hyper ambitious and a little bit, uh, hoity toity. Hello, Dick. Hey, you know, um, everybody was sold on the concept of Ron DeSantis. Trump light, they said. He can have all of Trump's policies. He can have all of his successes. He can have all of his wins in Congress, but not Trump, uh, which is insane. Uh, Trump, personality and his whole approach is essential to his achievements. Trump said the other day, I think my personality is, because, is the reason I had foreign policy success, not the obstacle. Yeah. No, I like it. So, but what about, he's crashing and burning. I mean, DeSantis is a disaster out there. I mean, he, it's like he's never been in politics. You know, when he, you know, that guy asks a question, hey, are you going to take questions? I, are you blind? I am. I mean, he doesn't know how to deal with people. Yeah. Um Shouldn't the donors, shouldn't the people who run these things have figured that out ahead of time? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, look, the what is required to be a governor is so different from being a president. 
Uh, now, when you're Biden and you're sheltered and protected by the media and you can live in a fallout shelter, that's different. But a governor can basically call his own shots, focus on one thing at a time, uh, initiate policies and not have anybody cut across them. And a president can't do that. He's got to, got to move with events. But the important point here is that they oversold the concept of DeSantis. Yeah. And the reality doesn't catch up with the concept. Is there any danger with Trump? He's, uh, what, 30 points ahead. It looks like, you in know, in some polls, in some polls, 40 and others, 40. I mean, he's just, he's driving it. Everyone else is falling. He's surging. Is there a disadvantage? Is there any downside for being this far out ahead? You know, this early on, you know, sometimes you come out stronger if you're in a tough uh, primary fight. Is there any downside to where he is right now? I mean, there is some, of course, overconfidence and his people not showing up, but I think they can show up. I think the opposite is true. I think that you reach a certain point, a tipping point, where the voters say, hey, this primary is over. We know that Trump is going to be the nominee. Don't keep it going. Don't keep criticizing him. Don't keep attacking him. Because you're no longer attacking Donald Trump. You're attacking the Republican nominee for president. Mm. So cut it out, guys. Uh, today, I keep hearing that Donald Trump is doing very well with small donors, but the big mega donors are still throwing money at DeSantis and yeah. others. They want to prop. They're even thinking maybe Vivek Ramaswamy. Maybe we could do something with him. Who are these big donors and what is their fear of Trump? Well, their fear of Trump is that they don't own them and that this guy is owned by the grassroots, which means by nobody. He does it himself. Uh, they're big pharma. Uh, they're the big defense contractors who don't like Trump's opposing endless wars. They're the, uh, they're the people that are quasi-environmentalists that want our progress to be attenuated because of climate change. They're p- businesses that want tariffs uh, and uh, businesses that do not want tariffs. Yeah. They want free trade. And they won't be able to get illegal immigrants into the U.S. who work for nothing. And the whole idea that I keep hearing, but there's no evidence of this, that Trump will lose in a general election. Trump will lose in a general election. And I hear that the donors, they're wor- they, they really don't want to lose, and they think they'll lose with Trump. There's no evidence to suggest that because of the it's, polls. But, I mean, do you believe that, or they, are they really are they genuinely concerned about November of next year, or are they just, as you say, looking for somebody they own? I believe C. They don't want Trump to win. Uh, they can manipulate Biden. They can manipulate a Democrat. They'll put up with the Democrat. But Trump can do unbelievable damage to them, and they're scared to death of him winning. Understand that the DeSantis movement is run by Karl Rove, mm. who is in turn run by the Bush family, or runs the Bush family. And when Donald Trump committed the unpardonable sin of depriving Jeb, uh, Jeb Bush of his rightful inheritance, the president of the United States, and mocked him in the process. He earned their personal perpetual hatred. That was the, that was it. I'm glad you said the, when he embarrassed Jeb Bush and, oh, by the way, said the quiet part out loud, which it shouldn't have been quiet, that the Iraq war was a big fat mistake. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Jeb, you, your brother, the idea that after Iraq, that, <sighs> W was reelected and Jeb was for a while a viable alternative or a viable candidate. It was just totally crazy. So yeah, that's personal. They'll hold it against him forever. They want to destroy him. So all right, he becomes the nominee. The whole establishment is against him all over, uh, all over again. Hey, the establishment though, they run the country. No, the, vo- the voting systems. I mean, I'm a little bit worried. I'm all for Trump. You know that yeah. I am worried about the general election. Like 
will they screw with it again? Will they well, cheat again? Yeah, well, they'll certainly try. Understand that basically you can't have a better set of targets than Trump has. Big pharma, high-tech censorship, big government, the intel community. Everybody hates those. And Trump now has them as opponents. Uh, DeSantis has them as donors. Will they screw with the election? They're going to try. But the key thing that we did wrong in 20 and we're going to do right in 24 is we're going to play by the new rules. The Democrats do early voting. We're going to do early voting. The Democrats have absentee ballots with people who are quite there and could show up if they wanted to. We'll have absentee ballots. The Democrats say just mail your ballot in. No reason to go out on election day. We'll mail the ballots in. And we'll have an army of 40 or 50,000 people, paid people, who will go door to door with the ballots and with the ballot boxes. Where that's, that's, and that's allowed in certain states. Yep. Harvesting, it's allowed. That's right. And more and more states. Certainly in two swing states, Nevada and Arizona, it's allowed. And I think it will be in some others. And, uh, we will use those systems to win. In 20, we didn't believe any of this. We just did it the old way show up on election day, and we succeeded wildly. We got 11 million more votes, but they got 15 million more. Hey, did you hear this? Rudy Giuliani, a panel in D.C., has voted to, uh, they're recommending disbarment. Disbarment, which Rudy believes, and a lot of people do, that the election was stolen, and I think he was pursuing legal remedies, and he's been... Well, let's, let's trace it through. Act 1 was when they rigged the election. Act 2 was when... Trump said that that was wrong and illegal and rape. Hmm. Act three is when they indict Trump and his followers for telling the truth. And because they, they say he wants to overthrow the government by telling the truth. And we like him more. The, 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 I heard on MSNBC, they're all like, I can't believe it. He's getting more money, more approval. Dick Morris, thank you. Have a great weekend, thank everybody. You.